Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through your Fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. It's like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. It's like the sound of a symphony to my ears. It's like holy water. Well, good morning. Resurrection Sunday as we celebrate the love of our God. You know, Christ rose from the dead, not just so we could get dressed up and do church. And you do look nice, by the way, you do. But but not so we could just get dressed up and look nice and have some traditional service. He rose from the dead so that you and I, we could have a resurrected life. That those areas that feel dead to you, they could come back to life. Those areas that that, that have been suffering, he, he, he cares about every area. And I'm so thankful that we don't serve an incompetent God. I'm so thankful that Jesus didn't just die for us, which I am thankful he died for our sins. But I'm thankful that he is an all-powerful God who conquered death, hell, and the grave. And that you and I get to celebrate today because he conquered it all so that you could have life, so that we could have life. Not just eternal life, but the very best life now. So we are going to sing today and we are going to worship him today because he chose us and we he deserves no less than the very best of our worship from so let's give him a praise we thank you jesus we thank you jesus Yeah. 
this year a little different than last Easter. It's so awesome for us to all be back together. Praise God for that. Well, guys, if you're standing, if you just make your way back to your seats, greet one another as you go. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being here and worshiping with us. Thank you for those of you who are watching at home for being a part of our services. You could have chose a lot of Easter services to be a part of, but thank you for choosing fellowships. Thank you for being a part of our family. Now, whether you're at home or you're here with us live, if you're a guest or a visitor, we would love to have a record of you being here. We'd like to invite you to a guest services uh, reception that we're gonna be having here in the next couple of weeks. So what we ask you to do is just take out your phone, text uh, fellowship to 94,000. When you do that, you'll be given some more information about the church, as well as you'll be able to register here as a guest. Thank you so much for being a part of our worship services today. Well, we're going to continue to worship now with the giving of tithes and offerings. I hope you've come prepared to give. Of course, we don't pass buckets or plates here. Uh, all of our giving is either you dropping off uh, your offering or your tithe into one of our offering boxes or here at the church during the week, as well as being able to give online with our church center app, as well as on our online website. So many different ways. You can text to tithe, all those things. I know many of you have a special Easter offering that you're going to be giving, and we're very excited for what God is going to do in ministry this year. Understand when you give to fellowship, the majority of what comes in goes right back into ministering to our mission field, which is Grand Junction. That's always been our mission field. Uh, Of course, we support other ministries throughout the world, but we understand that Grand Junction is our primary mission field. And it's really cool. We have an incredible thing that just happened basically have been involved with a five-week project here at Fellowship where we were able to purchase Spin City's uh, castle that they had. And so here's, uh, here's some pictures of it uh, going up. This actually is upstairs now in our kids' church. Yes. It is awesome. And actually, it was over before the service. And if you ever want to see little humans look like gerbils in a cage, there you go. And they're just having a blast in there. It's really, really cool to see uh, all the volunteers that came out. This was uh, five weeks it took us to tear it down uh, from Spin City um, and then get it over uh, and rebuilt into our uh, kids' church. And it's so cool how God blesses. Uh, We were able to purchase this for 1% of the purchase price that they purchased it for. Yes. And you might go, well, why, you know, why do that? Why to go to all that effort? Because we understand that the kids truly are the future of the gospel of Christ. And this is the time to reach them. And it's so cool because we've already heard stories where our kids' church kids on Sunday morning are going and waking up their parents saying, we're going to church. Come on, get up, get up, get up, you got to go to church, you got to go to church. And like, what's going on? I got to go play in the kids' castle. I don't want to miss the kids' castle. And it's, it's really cool to see uh, kids inviting friends you know, you got to come to my church. You got to be a part of this. You got to see, you got to have fun. We want to play in this thing. It's just really, really cool. And uh, now you would think, and, and we, first week was last week. And I, and I, I asked, uh, I asked uh, Madeline and Jail, I was like, when it was time for worship and to do the service, did you like have to chase those kids down in the gerbil cage and like pull them down? But no, 
Our kids are so excited to worship and do service. In fact, I just was back there and experienced. As soon as they said, you have three minutes uh, before our worship service started, it was like the quickest evacuation of a plaything I've ever seen in my life. And they were down there ready to worship because your kids worship and your kids love to learn about Jesus. And so... Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much. Understand, when you give, we really do. We, we think very, uh, uh, we take a lot of time and think about what can we do with these funds to further God's kingdom. And so uh, God is doing that. And it's amazing what he has done in, the, in his kingdom over the last year. Well, as you're getting ready to give, let me say a prayer of blessing over you. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for an opportunity where we can give back to you. Lord, we thank you for... <laughs> something as crazy as a kid's castle, God, because we know you can use that to win children to you. And I pray, Lord, that every child that enters into that kid's castle would not only be safe, but they wouldn't leave before they're saved. We know that every week there's an opportunity in our children's ministry for kids to receive you. That's what it's all about. And so we pray for our children. We pray for our our middle schoolers and our high schoolers, Lord. We pray that we would be able to reach them with your gospel and further your kingdom. We thank you so much for every giver now. And Lord, I pray that you would bless the tithes, the offerings that come in and help them to be sufficient for your church's needs. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you as you give, as you do. Just a few announcements. First of all, uh, really, really excited about a, a new series that I was able to write. It's called Three Kings. Um, we're going to be starting this on Wednesday night, and uh, the, it's actually going to press this week. Um, but we uh, have an opportunity from time to time to do different series. Now, you know I, I love teaching about end times. I love teaching about spiritual warfare. Rebecca and I love teaching about marriage. But if we have a passion in the Old Testament, it is uh, about the life of Saul and David and Solomon. So, so interesting. And so what we're going to be doing on Wednesday night, starting April 4th, is we're going to go through First and Second Samuel. And we're going to look at the lives of these in- interesting interesting men in the Bible and see how their lives can relate to ours and what we can learn from them. We're going we're gonna to be, uh, it's going to be a lot like a, a history class in that we're going to be learning the timeline of the Old Testament so we understand where the books fall and where everybody uh, kind of falls in line in, in, in scripture. We're going to be talking about customs of, of the priests and those kind of things because that stuff really, really interests me. But we're also going to be going through chapter by chapter and we're going to be learning about these guys to where at the end of this course, you should feel like you know Saul and David and Solomon. So love for you to be a part of that. All you got to do is get one of these books. You can register uh, right outside. I'll be at this booth on this end of the lobby. If you want to come register with me, you can do so or on your church center app, $18 for the workbook. And then you come. Now, the really cool thing is, is if you can't make it in person, we are also broadcasting this online. So on our website, so you'll be able to watch at home. And if you're watching at home, we'll give you a PDF for the first night and then we will send you your book in the mail. So love for you to be a part of that live or love for you to be a part of that online. Pastor Hooper will be back starting next week for a three-week series called God's Forever Family. So please come back for that. Uh, It's really, really cool. He is amped up, charged up, ready for this series. Very, very excited to be able to speak uh, to you all uh, coming up. Now, there's a few more things that are happening here at Fellowship. ShareFest is coming up on April 24th and 25th. This is a community outreach that we participate in every year. If you have an outdoor project that you cannot complete on your own, please submit that to us either on the Church Center app 
or stop by the info counter. April 9th is the deadline to get those in and we want to make sure that we can support our church family and local community in this way. We also need volunteers that are willing to step up and help out those that are in need. We are so excited to announce that we will be having a church-wide worship night on April 18th. This will be at 6 p.m. and we can't wait to have a whole evening dedicated to pressing into God's presence. There is nothing better. So mark your calendars and make sure you get here on that night. There will be no children's ministry, but if you choose to, you can bring them with you. It is going to be so good. Our next guest reception is on April 18th. Please join us for this event if you consider yourself a guest or a visitor and want to know more about Fellowship Church. You'll have a chance to meet some of our staff, get a tour of the building, and explore the best ways for you to get connected. Our worship and media team have been working so hard on a song to share with you this morning. This song was written by me and my husband, and our heart behind it is truly a celebration. I was driving home from downtown one spring morning, sun over the Grand Mesa, and I heard some church bells ringing in the distance. At that moment, I was filled with the joy of the Lord, and I knew I had to express it in some way. Jesus has changed my life. And because of what he has done on the cross, I can never be the same. I hope you enjoy our song, Church Bells, and happy Resurrection Sunday.
Well, again, good morning and welcome on this beautiful Resurrection Sunday. I'm so glad uh, that you're here with us today. I'm so glad you're joining with us online. I love being able to come and worship on Resurrection Sunday because I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that my Lord and Savior, Jesus, died for me, that he decided that, that he wasn't going to just let me spend eternity away from him because of my sin, but God sent him to pay the price for my sins. But I'm thankful for that. Don't you know I'm thankful for the fact that he died for my sins, but I'm so also thankful for the fact that he rose again, that that was not the end of the story, that he beat death, hell, and the grave. And that that is available to you. That, that resurrected life is available to you. His presence is available to you. That's why we've titled this message, uh, You Were There. You were there because I believe as I was praying about and getting ready for Easter, I believe God was showing me he wants to awaken us to the fact that his presence is there. Wait, awaken us to how he has been working in our lives personally, how he's been working in your life personally. So go ahead. I need you to help me today. I need you to work with me. So go ahead and elbow your neighbor and tell him, wake up. Wake up, do a little, like, there's some, somebody didn't get elbowed and everybody needs to be part of this. So give it again, give it a, get up, wake up. Because we, I believe, are going to be awakened to the fact that God has been working in each of our lives. And this might be your first time in church. I think, why is this guy having people elbow me and stuff? That's strange, I don't know. Well, I believe God wants to show us that he has been at work in our lives. But before we do that, I want to ask you to pray with me because you don't need to hear from another bald guy just up here talking. Like, uh, what we need is to, for him to open our eyes, to understand, to hear his word today. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you in your precious and powerful son, Jesus' name. And we thank you, God, for what you've done for us. And we pray right now that your Holy Spirit would come into this room, that you would speak to us, that you'd teach us through your scriptures, that we would learn, we would understand, and we would become more aware of your presence. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. I got a question for you. How many of you in this room are parents? Your parents in this room. Okay, yeah, if, you, if you're online, put it in the chat that you're a parent. Part two to that question, for you parents that just raise your hand. How many of you love to scare your kids? Anybody? Yeah, see, I was worried today that when I asked that question, people would be like, what is wrong with this guy? Like, what kind of sick dad wants to scare his kids? But no, that was about 100% participation right now. For those of you that didn't raise your hand, you're really missing out on some of the great benefits of being a parent. I love to scare my kids. I mean, like, I'll jump out at them and stuff like that. It, like, sometimes they'll even walk in front of the car, and right when they're just, like, not even paying attention right in front of the car, I'll just honk the horn real quick just to give them, you know, just to get their blood flowing, you know? I scared the fool out of my daughter Kayla two weeks ago. But the best part about this is I wasn't even trying. <laughs> like, I was in the living room with her, okay? Like, we're there together. TV's on, we're there. And, and I realized I need to go turn my laundry over. So I went downstairs to our basement, 
And, and I came back up from the basement after turning the laundry over and she's standing at the top of the stairs facing away and she hears my footsteps as I step up this, uh, the stairs and she turns around and goes, ah! I'm like, girl, what is wrong with you? Like, she scared me, she got so scared. It was like, what is wrong with you, girl? She's like, I didn't know you were there. I'm like, you didn't know I was here. I live here. <laughs> like, this is my house. Well, actually, it's my wife's house, but you get the point. Like, this, this is my house. Like, I've been here longer than you've been here. How are you not aware that I'm here? But she was so shocked, I, like it took her breath away. It, it blew her mind because she was not expecting me where I was. So it surprised her to such a point, like it shocked her. Like I, I, I wasn't aware that you were here. <laughs> well, I don't know what caused the distraction in her where like two minutes earlier we're sitting together watching TV to her not knowing that I was there. I don't know what was going on. I can't uh, describe it, but man, isn't it weird? how we probably can't even pinpoint what exactly it is that causes the, the distraction in our own lives where sometimes we lose awareness of our surroundings. We lose awareness of what's really going on. It reminds me of a story found in Genesis 28. In Genesis 28, there's a man by the name of Jacob. And Jacob is someone um, who I think a lot of us could relate to because he, uh, he was a man who was just trying to get ahead of life. You know, he wanted to be successful. He wanted to be blessed. So he actually would do anything he could to try to get ahead. He wanted blessings so much so that he would, he would be deceitful and, and conniving and he would steal and he, he would lie in order to be able to get what he wants. In fact, his name even meant crook. It meant thief. It meant heel grabber, conniver, deceiver. Can you imagine being named that for one like your parents, you're born, your parents name you a little deceiver. You're like, I don't know what that family like was, what life was like, but um, he, he was the type of guy that I think we could relate to. Am I calling you a crook or a thief? Or, no, that's not what I'm saying, but I just know for myself personally, I, I can be selfish. I can try to get ahead and do things on my own where like, I don't even understand where it's coming from, but I'm trying so hard to get ahead that, that, that like, I, I just want to self-promote, you know? That's kind of where Jacob was. And he, he heard so many people in his soul self-promotion trying to get ahead that he ended up even stealing the birthright from his brother. And, and when he stole the birthright from his brother, that, that story you can read about in Genesis chapter 28, as, you, as, as we read the story, we see what happens is he now finds himself where he's just been trying to get ahead and he has caused so many problems in his life along the way that now he decides, I got to get out of here. I got to run for my life. I've got, I, I got to start over. I got to find a way to get away from my own problems. Like he's being chased down by his own problems. And the Bible says that, that he was running away and he gets to a place where the sun is going down and he decides to lay down and um, rest his head on a rock and he falls asleep. And while he is there falling asleep, he has a dream, the Bible says, where God appears to him in a dream and shows him a ladder, a vision of a ladder where angels are descending and ascending from heaven on this ladder. And, and, and the Bible goes on to show us that this ladder represents Jesus, that, that, that the 
way that we get to heaven is through Jesus. Anything good is because of what Jesus has done, that everything good coming from heaven is all Jesus. The way you and I get there, it's all Jesus. We, we understand this. So he has this encounter with God. And God shows him that he's there, shows him that, yeah, you've been doing life on your own and you've been trying to get ahead on your own, but I am with you. And the Bible says uh, in Genesis 28, verse 16, when Jacob, uh, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely, you see, he he had the very same reaction that my daughter did at the top of the stairs when I startled her. Surely the Lord is in this place and I was not even aware of it. Isn't that crazy? Isn't it crazy that, that you could be right there in God's presence and not even be aware of it? That man, you, can, you could be living your life your own way, doing, doing life your own thing, and God is at work in your life and he's trying to grab a hold of your attention. And you're not even aware of the fact that he's been trying to grab a hold of your attention. Isn't it, isn't it crazy that sometimes it's not even till after the fact where you look back and you say hindsight's 2020, and you'd say, well, I guess at the time I wasn't aware that he was actually working in the situation. I wasn't aware that, I mean, because it felt bad. It was horrible. I was going through problems, problems in my marriage, problems with diagnosis, problems in all these different areas. We went through 2020. It was terrible. It's like, you look at all these sorts of things and then it's not until afterwards when you get back and you're like, I think I recognize God was there all along. He, he was there at work. He, he was he was. He was doing something in my life and, and, and something happened where he showed up and he, he, made himself, he made himself clear to me that, that I'm not doing life on my own. Though I've been trying, he's, he, he's following me and he's, he's trying to get my attention and trying to draw me closer. It reminds me of another story in the Bible, a story that is so relevant because of what today is and is so relevant because it's why we were created. And it's the resurrection story that we celebrate today the fact that Jesus rose from the the grave, but do you recognize what happened when Jesus rose from the grave? Because I think a lot of us would assume Jesus would raise uh, from the dead and he would go to his disciples and show his disciples, like, I mean, if I, let me just tell you, if I were God, I know that is a terrifying thing to say. (laughs) The worst idea ever. Um, But if I were God, I would like, I think I'd show up first off, right off with the people that just killed me. I'd show up right there first and be like, hey, yo, what up, people? <laughs> you know? <laughs> or, or I'd go to my disciples in Jerusalem and, and I'd talk to them. But no, we see something different. We see that there, there was an encounter that Jesus decided to have before he had any other encounters, was, was showing himself to other people. He saw that two of his followers, They they were so hurt and so disappointed and so saddened by the fact that life was not turning out the way that they thought. That they started following Jesus and it didn't look like, like the way that they assumed it would look. And since they were disappointed, they turned around and they walked away from Jesus. And they should have been in Jerusalem waiting for Jesus' return. But they turned around and they decided to go back home to their hometown of Emmaus. And we see here in scripture that this is who Jesus appears to first. And this is found here in the book of Luke chapter 24. Most people 
Uh, Jesus had just risen from the dead. Most people didn't even know that he had risen yet. And verse 13 says, that same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. So the average person walks three and a half miles an hour. So this is a two hour journey, we know. Verse 14 says, as they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. Well, what things had happened. Well, well, Jesus was just crucified. He was made a public spectacle. They expected that he was going to be the answer to all their problems, that he was the Messiah, that he would rescue Israel, that he, he would rescue God's people. And he, they just watched him die. And verse 13 says, as they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. You think you'd notice that, right? You're walking down the road by yourself and all of a sudden there's a third person there. (laughs) Jesus is now walking with them. And and it's interesting because this is one of the ways that Jesus works in our lives, that these disciples were going the wrong way. They should have been in Jerusalem, but because of the disappointments they faced in their lives, they began walking away from Jesus. And while they were headed in the wrong direction, Jesus shows shows up and heads them off at the pass. Man, this just goes to show that God can appear to you even when you're headed in the wrong direction. And guys, that is good news. That is such good news because I can't tell you how many times I've been headed in the wrong direction in my life and Jesus showed up and helped me when I was going in the wrong direction. I think that there are some of you here, some of you listening online, some of you that didn't even come to church today because you feel the guilt and the shame of like you've been going in the wrong direction. And the good news is Jesus knows where you're going and he's on your heels and he's trying to cut you off at the pass. He will show up right when you're in the wrong direction, if you're at church, if you're in the bar, wherever you are, if he's coming after you, he's going to find you. And he's going to find you because he loves you. He's going to find you because he wants to make change for you. He wants to bring life to you. He was there all along. So this is one of the ways that He works, and that's good news to somebody. Someone needs to hear this today, that even if you know you're not doing life right, he's on your tail, not to get you, but to show you his love. The Bible says, but God kept them from recognizing him. I wonder how many times Jesus has showed up in my life and I didn't recognize that he was at work. I wonder that for you. I mean, how many times we just, we blame it on something else. Like, you know, man, I, I was lucky to survive that car crash. My marriage was falling apart and I just, I thank God that things worked out. My kids were going nuts, but uh, things just seemed to work out. After the, and it's like, God was working in our lives and we didn't even recognize it was him. I wonder how many of you would say that, that it wasn't until later that you recognized in a significant time in your life, God was at work and you didn't recognize it and then you look back on it now and in hindsight you're like, yes, that, that was God. How many of you could say that you've been through that? You see all the hands around you? This, these, are, these are testimonies of people who, who, who've been down the journey a little while and have struggled and, and got disappointed and didn't understand why is it I feel alone here? It says, 
It says this, so God kept them from recognizing him. And verse 17 said, he, so he asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? And they stopped short, sadness written across their face. See, Jesus can show up when you're disappointed. And one of them, Cleopas, now we know why he's sad. His mom named him Cleopas. <laughs> you know, I know there's a lot of expectant moms in our church. That name is probably available. If you want your kid to have a unique name, the only one in their school, you could name your son Cleopas. You probably, it's probably, you could probably even name your daughter Cleopas. I don't know. It'd be, we'll just call him Cleo. Cleo for short. Cleo replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened these last few days. Isn't this funny? They are telling the only one who does know what's going on, you must have no clue. <laughs> so it's funny because Jesus just plays along with them. He's like, okay, tell me about these things. What things, Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus. They're now talking to Jesus about Jesus. This is, I just love this passage. The things that happened to Jesus from Nazareth, they said, he was a prophet who did powerful miracles. And he was mighty, a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priest and the other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death. They crucified him. We had hoped that he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at the tomb this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them, Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the woman had said. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people. You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And by this time they were nearing Emmaus at the end of their journey. So Jesus acted as if he were going on. Jesus acted. Someone say acted. Jesus acted as if he was going on. I, it's interesting because have you ever felt like God was leaving you? I know I have. But his promise is that I will never leave you nor will I forsake you, but I know that there's been times in my life it felt like he was leaving me. It felt like he was forsaking me. What was he doing? Why does the Bible say that Jesus acted like he was, he, he was going on? Um, see, Jesus never intends to leave you. He's already promised he won't. He never intends to leave you, leave you. He simply wants to provoke you to understand that you need him that you need him in your life. So he plays hide and seek with, with us, if you will, uh, because he wants us to learn how to look for him. 
He wants us to learn that that we've got to search for him, that we've got to invite him in, that we have to invite him into our own personal lives, into our daily lives, into the workplace, into our families, into our marriage, that we have got to search for him and go, God, where are you right now? Because I need you in my marriage. I need you right now personally because I'm struggling with this addiction. I'm struggling with this temptation. I need you in my workplace because, God, I can't figure this out on my own. And we're going to shut our doors if you don't help us. God, God, where are you? And he, he is waiting for the invite to be brought in. It says, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it is getting late. So he went home with them. And as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. And understand, they didn't, under, they didn't recognize Jesus on the entire seven-mile walk while he's teaching them about himself. For two hours, talking to Jesus. Jesus is explaining about himself to them, and they don't get it. They miss it completely. But he sits down at the table with them, and he breaks bread with them. And he blesses it, breaks it, gives it to them. And suddenly, their eyes were open. And they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. And they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. So Jesus was with them all along, and they didn't even realize that they were in the presence of God. It reminds me of like one of the first times we went camping here in Colorado. My family, we moved here from Texas. We were flatlanders. And I remember the first time we went camping in the mountains in Colorado, my dad and I went up and, uh, and we were not prepared for what took place. It was early in the spring. We fell asleep and, and we woke up to a couple inches of snow all over the place and we were freezing to death. But that's not the thing I remember the most about our camping trip. What I remember the most is that when I unzipped the tent and looked out, I saw deer tracks all around our tent. I thought, wait a minute. We have been surrounded by deer this whole camping trip, and I had no idea. And now something happened where there's evidence, and I I can recognize there's deer in our presence. There's deer in our presence. And, And... And there are things that will happen in your life where you can be surrounded by the presence of God and he can be speaking to you and he can be walking with you and he can be teaching you and you don't even recognize it. Then all of a sudden, some sort of storm hits your life. Something goes down where you start to recognize, wait a minute, God was here all along. Wasn't I recognizing that God was doing something in my life? Wasn't I recognizing that God was doing something in my marriage and in my health? It's like, I'm starting to recognize God was at work and I didn't even know it at the time. It's like Jake was like, man, God was in this place and I didn't even know it. Cleopas was like, man, I had no idea that, that, that God was with us. Like I look back now and it makes so much sense. Like my heart was burning as he was talking to me. It's like, oh my gosh. It's like you can, God can be chasing you down. Are you aware of his presence that, that he was there all along, that you were there? It, it, it reminds me of one more story I want to talk to you about. And that's Mary and Joseph. In the book of Luke chapter 2, we see that Mary and Joseph uh, did exactly what they were supposed to do as believers, as children of God. They, 
they, uh, they went to the festival of the Passover. So they went to Jerusalem. They went to the temple. They went with all of their friends, all their family. They gathered up. They brought Jesus with them. Jesus is 12 years old at the time. And many of you know that on this trip, they lost Jesus. That they, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to go at the time of Passover to have a festival and worship at the temple. So they're doing the church thing. They're doing it. And, and then it's over. They did church. They're like, all right, that was good. I really like what the preacher had to say. They sang my jam today. It was pretty good. Feel good. Let's go have some Easter eggs or whatever they did. You know, it's like they, they, they did their jam and they start walking home and, and then they recognize something. They're like, wait a minute. And I don't know who was first. If it was like Joseph or Mary, but they're like, hey, Mary, <laughs> uh, you seen Jesus? Because uh, I haven't seen him in a while. She's like, uh, I thought you were watching him. You're the dad. You're supposed to be watching him. Like, uh, there's people all over the place. Are you kidding me? No, you're the mom. Don't you be blaming all this stuff on me. It's like, you're always trying to put the blame on me when we lose something. Whose responsibility is it anyway? It's like, come on. It's like, there. You, you could just imagine, like, what would this go down like if you lose your kid at Disneyland or something? It's like, it's certainly their fault, right? <laughs> It's like, can't possibly be mine. But they, they're having this discussion. And could you imagine? It's like, we did church. Man, it's Easter. We, we got dressed up. We look good. Went in there, smiles on our face. We brought out our Christian language. Ooh, Jesus is good all the time. And all the time. Oh, there they are. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. It's like, Bring it all out. We did church. But did you lose Jesus? We saw the pastor. So? We, we, we sang our worship jams. So? Did you lose Jesus? Where's he at? Where's his presence at? Because you could imagine the shock that came on their face when they recognized, man, we just did church and we, we, where was Jesus at in all of this? And now they're having the discussion, we got to figure out how to find Jesus. We got to, where is he at right now? And could you imagine what this prayer must have been like for Joseph? <laughs> like, God entrusts you with his son. And now you're coming up and you're like, um, dear Jesus, or dear God, uh, um, uh, let me try again. Uh, dear, dear, gracious, heavenly, uh, forgiving, um, so forgiving, Father, thank you for your forgive. However, you just forgive, and you're gracious and kind. Um, do you, you remember that Messiah you gave us? Um, yeah, that that one. What, do you have another one of those somewhere? Because. Uh, Oh no, he's the only one, he's the only, okay, we'll, we'll find him, we'll find him, we'll do what we can to find him. It, like, it must have just been shocking that they realized they were going through the motions of doing church, and see, that's the problem of Christian culture. You can do church on Christmas, you can do church on Easter. You can even do church every week and get really used to the traditions of doing church, but have you lost his presence? Are you aware that he is here with you? Are you aware that we only exist to be loved by him? 
to be held by him, to be guided by him. And you might find yourself in one of these places. Maybe you're like Jacob, where you're just doing life on your own and, and something happens to where you awaken to the fact that, oh my gosh, God is really real and he's here and he's trying to talk to me and he's drawing me. Maybe you're like Cleopas, where, where something disappointed you along the road of life and since you got disappointed, since you got hurt, Maybe you got hurt by, by a church, by church people. But something disappointed you along the way, so you decided to turn and walk away from God. And, and then you realize all of a sudden, it doesn't matter where I go, he's on my tail because he loves me. He cares for me. He's chasing me down. Maybe you're like Mary and Joseph. And you're doing what you're supposed to do as a Christian. It's Easter. I'm dressed up. I'm at church. I'm watching with my family at home right now. I'm going to share this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it on Instagram. I'm going to do all that stuff. Like I'm doing my part. And you're doing all the church stuff. But, but where is he? Where is he? He was there all along. And I feel like today God is waking us up. Some of us that have just been going through the motions of life so that we could leave this room with a new understanding that God, you were there.
Yeah, if you're thankful that God loves you so much that he's always been there with you and he's never let you go, let's give him one more shout of praise. To close our service, could I ask you to stand to your feet with me? I know that there are many of you in this room right now that might say, you know what? I have never in my life acknowledged the presence of God. I've never acknowledged Jesus Christ and asked him to forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. There's also those of you in this room that, that maybe you've, you've had a relationship with God in the past, you used to do church or something, and, and for some reason you'd be like, man, I really walked away. I really, I've gone my own way, man. I've gotten far from home. I've gotten far from my relationship with God. Wherever you are, I, I believe this right now because it's not just that he was there, it's that he is here right now. And in this room, the Holy Spirit is tugging on many of your hearts right now. And, and you're wondering what this uncomfortable feeling is. Some of you are feeling like, oh, th th this might be the time. There might be something to this. Maybe I do need to start this relationship with God. It, what that is, that feeling you're getting on the inside of your chest, that feeling you're getting in your gut right now, that's the Holy Spirit telling you that now is the time. And, and the Bible tells us this. The, the Bible tells us, God says, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart to me. So in these moments right now where God is speaking to you, saying now is the time to give me your life, now is the time to recognize that I've always been here for you, that the only reason I sent my son to die on the cross was so that I could save you, and I rose him again because I want life with you eternally, that you can have life now to the fullest, that you can be fulfilled now, and you can have a home forever with me in heaven. Don't turn your heart away from that. There are many of you right now that you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you know who you are. Many of you right now that, that you need to come back to Jesus. So I wanna ask every person in this room to bow your heads and close your eyes so that no one feels embarrassed by this, but I'm gonna pray a prayer right now and I want every person in this room to repeat this prayer after me so that everyone feels very comfortable praying this prayer. And, and this is not a magic prayer. But what this is, is this is a means for us to connect with the God who loves us, for us to connect with Jesus Christ. So I'm gonna pray if you would just repeat after me, repeat these words. Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins. And I believe that he rose again so that I could have eternal life. So please forgive me and be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. I know. I know there are many of you that prayed that prayer for the first time. We want to celebrate you with you right now. So on the count of three, you're not going to be embarrassed because you're in a room full of people who love you and love God and will celebrate with you. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand up so we can celebrate with you. If you prayed that for the first time, raise your hand. One, two, three, put it up high. I see those hands back there. Praise God. I see that. I see that. I see that. Praise God. Praise God. So good. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. 
it means you're going to be forgiven. So we're thankful for the fact that our God forgives us and loves us. So let me pray one more time before we dismiss. God, we recognize today that you rose from the grave to give us life and life to the fullest. That God, you can resurrect our dreams. You can give us new hope. You can give us new life. You can bring dead things back to life. And God, thank you for the lives that were just redeemed by you. Thank you for people who who just came to know you and are part of your family now. And we'll we'll have an eternal life with you today and forevermore. Thank you for the people online listening to this that just made a commitment to follow you. We, we thank you for the fact that you sent Jesus and what that means to us. I pray you be with us. Help us to go into our city looking more like you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. He's so good. Thank you so much for being here on this Resurrection Sunday. Thank you for joining with us online. If you just made a commitment at home, we wanna encourage you to text the word heaven to 94,000. That's heaven to 94,000. We would love to get you more information. We can't wait to meet you here on our campus. It's good to see you and um, we're so thankful that you're here. Have a wonderful week. See you next Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on a cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click on the first time link located in the description below the video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.